Welcome to Beyond Meditation Podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Jazzy. We started this podcast to share new ways to quiet the mind, get in touch with who you really are, and find alignment with purpose. We are here to empower you with our stories, tools, and knowledge. So grab some tea, bring your journal, and let's go go Beyond beyond meditation. Meditation. Welcome back, everyone, to Beyond Meditation Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Emily de Armas. She's going to be walking us through how we can transform by owning our own voice. Emily de Armas lives in Miami, Florida, and is a copywriter for small businesses that want to learn how to sell with their own words, increase sales, and create happy customers. Known as the fairy godmother of copywriting, she teaches business owners how to identify the hidden gems of their personality, gifts, and services to write memorable, persuasive copy that sells. Emily has partnered with advertisers like Walmart, Coca-Cola, Ziploc, and Ulta. Formerly with NBC Universal, she won several awards for her work and was Emmy nominated for social media news coverage. Welcome, Emily. Hi, it's so good to be here. Good. It's great to see you. Um, so just so everyone knows, Emily has helped me with a lot of my own copy and has taught me so much about how to own my own voice. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to come out and, and do your own thing and inspire people like me to um, write content the way that you do? Sure. So when I was growing up, um, I was a big reader. And there was this rule in my house that, you know, if I wanted a new toy, I wouldn't always necessarily get it. But if I wanted books, there was never a limit. So I could always have as many books as I wanted. And from a very young age, I read a lot and I just really fell in love with the power of words. And anyone who likes reading knows how engrossing it is when you're, you know, in this entire world and you kind of lose yourself in a book and writing and language, it's part of every single thing that we do and every single moment of every day, because we're always having an inner monologue going on and we're always in that process of communicating. And so for me, every job that I've had throughout my career has had an element of communication and usually translating between, you know, two different people You know, so when I was in corporate, it was figuring out, okay, this is what the advertiser wants, but this is what the audience wants. And then how do we create a message that appeals to both? And how do we kind of do that in a diplomatic way? Because advertisers usually just want their logo bigger and they want their messaging like loud and clear. And then, you know, you have an audience that has their own interests and you don't want to step on top of that and like shove a message down their throat. And so how do we play in that space and how do we actually kind of translate between the two people? And so I knew I wanted to go into business for myself and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I liked communication and writing and I discovered copywriting a few years ago. And I went to a conference and I met all these other copywriters and they were like, oh, you're a copywriter. Cause they just assumed that I was, cause I was at a conference of copywriters. And I was like, no, I'm just exploring. And, you know, I'm in this world and they're like with many different fields, there are tons of acronyms and like all this tech stuff that you have to learn, um, with copy, but it's been an interesting 
process for me, kind of finding my niche within that and what I like to do. And for me, I think the the biggest um, reward is seeing someone see themselves through the words, you know, and people who are in kind of a state of confusion maybe around how to express themselves. And I've had people say like, well, I'm just not a good communicator. And the truth is we just haven't really dug into what really drives them and motivates them and what that why is. And so much of copywriting is about sales. And so it can get that bad rap of, oh, well, it's just manipulative marketing and it's about sales at all costs. But for me, it's truly an act of empathy and of allowing people to be seen because not only the process of working with a copywriter, but you know, you're know, you empathizing with that person you're trying to reach and you're trying to speak to their soul and their heart and their mind. And so that is an act of empathy. You know, it's, it shouldn't be an act of coercion. Um, and that's what, what I love about it. I really, um, loved listening to that. And, um, you know, I have my own business as well. And, um, I think that's one of the things that thankfully has come kind of naturally to me is being able to empathize with the audience and visualize and put myself in their shoes. Um, but I know that's not always easy for, for everyone. And so what are some of your strategies or or recommendations for people who, you know, don't really know how to start empathizing or, um, with their potential clients or, you know, kind of starting to develop that language? I think it's the best way to do that is to, pretend that you're watching a movie, you know, and like, if you were going to be a fly on the wall in somebody's life and you know, okay, they're struggling with this particular issue. Like what does a day in their life actually look like and kind of Mm -hmm. play out that, that movie, because it's one thing to say something, you know, kind of broad and generalized. And I think that's where most people start because that's just, you know, what, what we're the the starting point at that that's natural for us. But when you start digging deeper and you you really start getting specific, that's when you can really truly empathize to a much stronger degree. So, you know, that and that's a language that really speaks to someone because then they can say, Oh wow, you're in my head. You know, you're you're here. Like you, you must be watching me because this is actually what I'm struggling with. And so I think it's it's a combination of really putting yourself in their shoes and think, okay, I'm feeling this way. So then what's happening, right? And then, okay, now what's causing that? And then what's causing that? And just going deeper and deeper and continuing to ask why. Um, And also really listening because sometimes it's not exactly what you think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that main issue, you might describe it in one way and they might describe it in another. And you could both kind of be saying the same thing, but just in slightly different ways. And that's another um another way for you to just kind of refine and and really understand is when you're using their own language and in their terms, that's when people sit up and they take notice. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of this makes perfect sense, but as a business owner, and I mean, you know, a lot of my struggles also is I get to, I tend to be really in my head and I want to empathize. And I also want to talk about what it is that I'm offering, but also want to do it in their own words. What advice or recommendation would you give to someone like me 
who just doesn't know where to start and maybe understands their audience at a certain level um, and has maybe a fear of like diving deeper? Mm. I think you have to kind of think of yourself as like an investigative journalist, right? Like you, you have to learn the right questions to ask because the, the quality of your questions will really get you rich answers. And so it's an act of curiosity first and foremost, you know, and it it can be hard because you're, there's pressure when you're a business owner too, because you feel like, well, I have to get it right you know, and like you're attached to whatever your product or your service is, and you're putting it out there and you, you're really close to it. So that's also an extra layer of like, it's hard to see the outside label from inside the bottle. So for you to really understand and start going, going deeper, it's, it's really getting curious and asking questions and, you know, people will share more than you think they will when you ask open-ended questions because it's hard to know exactly what to ask initially, but when you start kind of broad and you let them talk about their experience, you'll realize, oh, okay, that's something new that I haven't heard before, or I've never heard somebody describe that situation in this way. Can you tell me more about this? Or can you explain this? Or why do you say that? Or, okay, what was your experience with this? That's another thing to, I think, to help people get out of their heads is that nothing in life exists in a vacuum. So, all of marketing is contextual because chances are if somebody has a problem, you know, we have to try to assess, okay, well, have they tried to solve this before? Maybe yes, maybe no, right? There's kind of that, that aspect of it, but we can also start asking questions like, okay, have they tried to solve it in maybe a roundabout way? Have they tried other things? Um, if they weren't going to go with your solution, are there other things that they could try and that they could do? And then everything is contextual and everything is relational. So we understand hot because we know cold, right? And so thinking about you and what you're offering in relationship to other things just helps you define it more and also helps you get out of, out of your head. Cause in a way it's a little bit more scientific. It's less subjective. It's like, okay, well they tried this. What's different about mine or what does this have that mine doesn't? One of the questions I love to ask is, you know, what have you tried before? And then what did you think was missing from that? You know, cause that'll help you. Or um, also getting really um, like internet stocky in a good way, you know, like really going in on um, places like Reddit, places like forums, um, looking at Quora and things that people are sharing on there. Um, even if, for example, if you're, if, if you know that you focus in a particular field, if there are books associated to that, go on Amazon and read the reviews and read the negative ones. What did people not like about it? There might be information that they felt was missing or something that they didn't understand. And that might give you some insight too. I love all of those examples because then it takes me back to being that investigative journalist and really looking, you know, what's the scoop, what's the story, and then how how do I reframe it so that you are kind of capturing that audience as well? Yeah, it's it's really a, a quest to just learn more and understand more. Um, and journaling um, is a huge part of my process with clients. Um, 
especially if I'm writing something like website copy and it's like, to me, a website copy is really important, even though a lot of people feel like, well, there's web three now. And then like, you don't even need a website anymore. You can do everything on social media. And for me, I think it's important because it's almost a tool for you as a business owner. It's like, this is my North, you know, because it's this repository of where your brand lives. And it's this place where you've put all of the relevant information when that can be kind of hard for somebody to parse together post by post on social. So you need at the very least, like some type of landing page that's going to express who you are, what you do, why you do it, who it's for, what the benefits about it are, like why they should be interested. And so all of that information has to live somewhere. And in that website process, I go through with clients, I get really, really nosy. And I ask um, 64 different questions about them, about their business, about the service that they've created. And we just get deeper and deeper. And that's really what produces the most insight for me. Um, and I think my gift as a copywriter is just having that spidey sense and being able to say, oh, that thing you just said, like, that's the golden nugget right there. That's the piece that we're going to extract. That's how we're going to combine it with this. Or, And also going back to that earlier point about translating, it's being able to understand this is the point of view of the business, but then we also need to make sure that we're striking a chord with the people we're trying to reach. So what's that bridge that, that they can meet in the middle on? You know, and so how do we create that through words so that on the flip side, people understand, oh, maybe I do need this and maybe I do want to find out more information. Do you ever find as you're working with your different clients when it comes to journaling that there's resistance to that at all? Sometimes I think because they don't at first realize how um, rich that's going to be, like how much we're going to get out of it. So at sometimes it's like, okay, really you want me to journal? Like, mm, you know, mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> you know, like they don't, they don't realize like what's going to come out of it. And then once they start journaling, I'm like, listen, all of the questions that we have, you know, I was helping somebody even with something like a Facebook ad and she was really struggling and I hadn't done a journaling exercise with her. So I sent her three questions and I was like, I want you to fill this out. And that's where the language was, you know, like that's where like the, the, the money was as far as like the ads and the, the right headline and all of that came from the journaling. So um, it can be a little scary, but I think that's why you need to be able to hold space. And also I feel like it is this act of empathy because it's, it's, you know, people are sharing parts of themselves that maybe they don't want in the writing. And so I have to know how, how do I navigate that? And like, how do I sort of, again, diplomatically include what needs to be included without making somebody feel uncomfortable or, you know, sharing certain things that they don't want out there. I feel like that's such a powerful technique. And I just realized that I have a client that she was trying to do a mission statement and she was so stuck. We had done all these brainstorm activities and what have you. And it, we weren't even at a part at the part where we needed to like really verbalize it. We just needed to understand what it was, what is the mission. And so I had her take a break and then do some journaling, not even as that is the intention. And then she said that she did a meditate, one of my meditations. And she was like, Jazzy, I think I got my mission statement. 
it is so powerful. It's so incredible um, how that works. Yeah. I think that's knowing yourself as a business owner is a huge asset, right? And like what really motivates you. And I think that the, the biggest driver of any business is really that sense of conviction. And so a lot of marketing language is all about the customer, like the end person you're trying to reach. And so a lot of the advice you get is like, oh, you know, it's not about you. It's about them and you need to speak in their language and it doesn't matter what you think. And pretty soon it's like, well, I created this and it came from me, but then now I no longer, like I'm no longer part of the equation because now I'm just trying to completely mold myself and my language into what's going to be appealing to somebody else. And so we lose that sense of connection. But I really believe that marketing, it's not only about trying to convince, quote unquote, somebody else, but it's really convincing yourself first and foremost, because you have to be convinced in the power of what you're selling and what what you're putting out there in the world. And when you have that unwavering sense of conviction of like, I know who I am and I know what I'm good at and I know what this is and I know why it's good and I can express that very easily, that's also when selling becomes easier because you don't feel like you're trying to say something to make somebody else do something. You're just sort of, I am, and this is what I've got. And then that is what can be really magnetic and really powerful. You know, that sense of confusion when you don't know what it is that you do and you don't know how to speak about it is really debilitating and it's not comfortable and it feels really icky. So going through that process of being able to find yourself is so powerful, really creates forward momentum. And then, and then it gets to be fun, which is the best part. I love that. And I think that also, I mean, for me personally, when I was at that stage where I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to communicate to people, what I had found was that one of like that deep limiting beliefs for me was like, well, I don't want to burden people. And I don't want to be that person that's always kind of in your face trying to sell stuff. And you said one of the best things to me that I think I've ever heard because it really changed my outlook. You said something like, well, if your friend had a cut and you have the the Band-Aid for it, wouldn't you tell your friend that you have the Band-Aid? It's the same kind of thing. And so that really, that really changed my perspective and it changed the way it really motivated me to then go and journal and do my things and write my articles. And, um, so thank you for that. You're very welcome. I love that analogy because it's like, so often we can be quite selfless and giving like in our, in our lives, you know, especially if I feel like all of my clients in the spiritual space, like they deeply deeply care about having an impact and helping people. But then that same impulse can get in the way of promoting yourself because you're like, well, but I don't want to be annoying. And, you know, that's kind of the triggering aspect, I think, of of going into business, no matter what you're doing, is you run up against these limiting beliefs and these wounds of like visibility and judgment and a lot of worthiness issues, you know, at the end of the day, like, am I good enough? You know, is what I'm doing good enough? And what if people don't like it? What if it fails? And there's so much risk with going into business. And if you don't come from a family that has that entrepreneurial spirit and you're the first one to do it, it's like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, this is so unsafe. Like you're going to die. You know, So that's not 
really true. It's just, it feels like that sometimes, you know, but there's always a way forward and there's always that path, but that muscle is something you really have to learn. Um, and so when, when you really believe in what you're doing, it just, it becomes easier for you to talk about it and you don't have as much writer's block and you don't feel as, um, as much resistance around creating content. Cause I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. It's like, what do I even say? And I don't feel motivated. And the truth is from a marketing perspective, if you are bored of your own message, that probably means you're doing it right. You know, if you're like, oh, I've already talked about this and I've already said this, like, but people need to hear things again and again, you know, even like when we think of ourselves, like there's so much, like, I really like to consume like personal development content and spirituality content. And it's like, I've heard a phrase a thousand times, but then there'll just be one day where it hits different. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. Like, it's like, I'm hearing it for the first time. And that's the same thing with your messaging. You have to continually say it and repeat it. Even if it seems a little boring to you, that's probably good at the end of the day. That's so good to hear from you, actually, because I find myself in that space every now and again. And it's like, well, do I need to change it up now? And I start to question myself. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's if it's working, you know, you just keep keep going with it. And and like with anything else, messaging does need to evolve. Like, I think it's a good idea for everybody to check in with their message and what they're putting out there at least like once a year, because, yeah. you know, if you're, you're, you're doing things and you're learning and you're evolving and you're learning new things about your clients, then you're going to want to start to factor that in. And so, you know, it's good to have that updated and you might find new ways of expressing yourself. Um, but that core of what you do and why it matters and, you know, may not change as much and it's okay to, repeat yourself. You just kind of have to, um, find ways to make it entertaining (laughs) for you. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And and I resonated a lot with where, um, you know, you said if, you know, basically where, if you're not coming off as authentic, if you don't really believe the message that you're saying, it's, it's not going to always hit home. And what I've been struggling with recently, because I'm working on, um, starting up my own hypnosis program. And, and I, you know, I've been doing that and it's been going well, but it just like felt off. And I, I just realized this last couple of weeks is because what I, what I'm passionate about is community and accessibility. And so working one-on-one is great, but how can I create, um, systems and programs that are, you know, more accessible, even cheaper than you would have for a normal hypnosis session and can, you know, have more outreach to people. So that has what has ignited the spark in me in the last couple of weeks to be like, oh, this is what I'm passionate and excited about. And, you know, um, this is what gets me pumped. And so being able just to have that little bit of a tweak, it's amazing to see like how I'm even more motivated with what I'm doing. Yeah. I think the, the Simon Sinek, like the why, you know, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen that, his TED talk, um, I think he has a book around that too. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to, to uncover for yourself. Um, one of the journal questions that I like asking that kind of comes at that about in a roundabout way is like, what pisses you off <laughs> about your, because yes. that reveals a lot, you know, when you think about like what, what gets me angry or what, what really rubs me in the wrong way about my own industry you'll start to see 
how you are different. And I think in marketing, it's important to create that sense of polarity. And I know people sometimes shy away from that because they're like, well, I don't want to offend anyone and I don't want to be too opinionated. But that that really is a powerful place to be when you know very clearly, like, you know what? This is sort of commonplace, but it doesn't really sit right with me. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm going in this other direction. And you will call people to you by doing that because other you'll strike a chord and people will say, you know what? Yeah, that pisses me off too. <laughs> you know, and yeah. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that resonated so much with me. I wrote that down. What pisses me off? And I'm like, oh, I can already. <laughs> it's like, you know, how CarMax does so well because they're like, hey, you don't have to hassle. You don't have to haggle. And I, that's like the worst part of car shopping. So everyone's like, yeah, let's go to CarMax. I don't have to worry about it, you know? So yeah. I'll just want to be the CarMax of my industry. I think it's like the brands that do the best when you think about it, even the ones that you know, you actually don't mind watching the ads when they pop up on YouTube, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. the ones that kind of just talk to you like a real human being and relate to you on that level of like reality. And, um, if they can throw in a little bit of humor or relatability even better, because, you know, at the end of the day, I think too, people get stuck because when you're in business, there's this association to like professionalism and it's like, well, I have to be professional and I have to put my best foot forward. And I'm like, I'm presenting out to the world. And it's like, you're still a person, you know, even if you have a brand and you're not the face of your brand, like you're, you're still there and there's still humans involved in this. And so it's okay for you to say what you really feel like I, I hired my accountant because he had on his website, this section that said like, you know, this was even before the pandemic. He was like, we don't work in an office. We all work remotely because offices are boring and we are not sticks in the mud accountants. We're real people with hobbies. And I like, I like tacos. He had something like ridiculous like that, but that was what set him apart from all of the other accountants that I was looking at who all said the same thing. You know, we value service and, um, you know, professionality and we have expertise and blah, blah. And they were all sort of versions of the same type of language. And, you know, he stood out in that way. And so I think for business owners, sometimes they feel like they're going to be punished because like, if you think about the paradigm that most of us have grown up in, it's like, you have to do school a certain way. Right. And like, there's like a right way to do the paper and there's a wrong way to do the paper and you have to say things a certain way. And so if you step out of line, you're going to be punished. And so it's the same kind of thing. I mean, or even just in family conversations, right? There's certain things you say and certain things you don't and certain things you're allowed to talk about and other things that we're not going to talk about. But when you start opening that door, it really creates this moment where other people can relate to you and see you as a human. And at the end of the day, most of our purchasing decisions are emotional. And so that's really important is to connect with people on that emotional level. And you can only do that if you recognize your own humanity, I find. (laughs) I feel like that's so empowering because I remember I had sent you some copy and as we were reviewing it, I was like, oh, but I ended that in a preposition. So I should probably reword them. You were like, no, 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 that's the way you talk. So it's okay. And you giving me permission to kind of break the rules in that way was so liberating. And it actually allowed me to own my own voice. And you also said something very interesting 
um, about standing out. And it made me think about what the world is going through right now in AI. Mm -hmm. What is the role that you think AI is going to play for small business owners? Oh, AI. It's so fascinating because it really feels like the biggest thing since like the industrial revolution, right? Like when you think about it, like we're living through it. And so on a personal basis, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I feel like I was probably happier in a past life where there wasn't so much technology. And I was just like, I feel the same way. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, maybe it was better before. Um, but I think that AI is really interesting. Um, you know, we know that ChatGPT is a great writer. You know, it is, it truly is. But I think for small businesses, it's a question of of sort of using it as a tool and as a helper, kind of as an assistant for what you're creating and using it as kind of a writer to help you get better at what it is that you're doing. You know, I think that with AI, kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, when you know how to ask the right questions, you get better answers. It's sort of the same thing when you can figure out the prompts and the right way to word things, you'll get a better result with what it spits back. But ultimately, it doesn't solve for two things. And the first thing is that you have to know your voice and you have to know all those things we were talking about earlier. You have to have that sense of conviction and know what you're about before you start feeding stuff in, because then you're going to get stuff back that's quite generic, right? So if you can't give it guidelines or you can't give it examples and you can't help it to learn who you are and you know your voice, then it's going to not work for you as well. And then the second part is that, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how smart it is, it still is artificial intelligence and it's still not a sentient being like living life in the world. (laughs) So, so much of copywriting is about being that investigative journalist and people sometimes don't even know themselves. And so they might think that they have one problem, but you know, as an expert in your field, like, actually, that's not really what's going on with you, you know, and, and if you have ever worked in the capacity of being a coach or a consultant and you know you're you're with a client and you're you're in that act of holding space for them and they're going through something and you already know like mm, you think it's this but i know it's something totally different right and you're going through that process of guiding them to that you know it's something that ai can't solve for so when ai um writes copy that is supposed to really speak into the hearts of someone else that that specificity is lacking, you know, who knows in the future, if it'll be able to learn that. But I really believe that, you know, that, that ability to analyze data and read between the lines and kind of understand like, okay, this is sort of what's happening at the surface, but like the core issue of what's going on is something different, you know, and being able to speak to that and have someone have that realization and then understand that's a totally different kind of intelligence. I don't know that AI is necessarily going to get there, but I think it's a good tool to use, especially if you have a writer's block. Like that's really how I've seen a lot of my clients use it. And like for content ideas, for example, on social, it's just great at spitting out a bunch of ideas in 30 seconds. And so I would lean on it for that. But I I definitely think, you know, as a business, you need to have that deep understanding of yourself to use it to the best of your ability and kind of get the most juice out of it. Yeah, it feels like, you know, trying to go to WebMD 
to get diagnosed versus going to a real human being that can kind of feel and see and look into what is happening with you and ask more questions, right? And sometimes it takes you longer to like yeah. play around with it than like if I, you know, you just write it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's it's what so I'm finding. It. It's so true. I'll do stuff like I'll feed it information. And then like two hours later, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start from scratch and do this myself because it's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So being in a spiritual business can be a little bit tricky. So what's the balance between, you know, going too much into like the woo-woo side and trying to appeal to those that, you know, you can help, you know, that what I, that I know that what I have to give is, um, will help them, but I don't want to sound like I've lost my mind. Right. (laughs) I think it's something that a lot of people in that space struggle with, because at the end of the day, what you're doing is intangible, right? And so it's like, how do I express something that I can't necessarily point to? It's not like you're selling like a water bottle and you can say like, this is the water bottle and this is what it does. And it's this color. And we all understand the concept of what it is. Like you oftentimes are creating this internal transformation inside of somebody's inner world that may have immediate effects, but may have affects two or three months from now, right. (laughs) That they'll recognize. And so it can be really hard to figure out how do you express that? And I think one of the, the tricky spots, especially for spiritual businesses is leaning too much into the emotion because we all experience emotion very differently. And so saying things like, you know, you will feel a sense of freedom or you will feel abundant or you'll feel balanced or you'll feel an alignment, right? Like, unless you know what that means, you, you can't, there's nothing for you to grab onto with that, you know? So unless you have experienced that emotion, it can be really difficult for someone else. And also we have to meet people where they are. So for them, maybe, you know, feeling alignment is something that feels way, way into the future. And they're like, I know there's this thing called alignment and that people feel it (laughs) like, but I'm, I'm not there yet. And so I think it's a, it's a balance between very specific language and more open-ended language. And I think the issue is that most people tend to lean in that open-ended space um, because it is hard to define, but I also think sometimes there's a resistance to defining period, which is interesting. Like I've observed that. Um, and so I'll try to think of an example. It's like, if, if you were working on manifestation, right. And maybe that's your, your coach or, a, you know, um, a spiritual leader, and that's your, your focus, you know, you can talk about how, oh, you know, you will feel abundant in the world and you will feel like you always have what you need, but maybe defining abundance is like, you always get the best parking spot available. And anytime that you need money, you miraculously come up with it or um, things will just seem to work out for you. And people will wonder what it is that you're doing because you say that you want to do something and then suddenly it, it happens and you get the phone call from the very person that you needed to talk to, right? Like putting things into 3D reality and grounding them will really help. So you kind of have to start with that bigger concept and then say, okay, well, I'm watching a movie of this person moving through life. How do I describe this in an actual situation? Like I helped a productivity coach 
um, who was very spiritual and she really wanted to help people come up with how to be productive so that they could live this aligned life. And they didn't feel like they were constantly working and always in their masculine. And there was just like all these different layers of what she was doing. And so we were trying to kind of put the words of overwhelmed into concrete language. And like, what does that look like? And for somebody who's a solopreneur feeling overwhelmed might be like, you're unloading the dishwasher while you're trying to listen to a podcast and answer an email at the same time. Right. Cause like, it's just you and you're multitasking and you're doing all these things and you probably are working from home and there's all these other, you know, things going on in the background. And so thinking about how can I actually paint the picture? That's a good test that I have people do is like, look at what you've written and then ask yourself, could somebody take this and actually draw a picture of what is happening with my language? And if not, then you might need to add more details to it because the details create something in our minds that is sticky. Cause if we can picture something in our minds, that's when we start getting engaged. You know, it's like going back to reading, like when you're reading a book and you're reading a character, do something like your body physically feels like it's, it's in that place, right? You're, you're on that journey. Like you are with that character. So that's a very powerful way to get attention and to hold attention, but we have to get really specific because the generalities don't create a gut reaction in somebody. And we need to go for the gut. We need somebody to physically lean in and be like, oh, wait a second. That's exactly what I'm experiencing. And so getting specific will help with that. Perfect. Thank you for going through that. I I am one of the ones that had that resistance. Um, it was, and it was because I didn't know how to define it. And going through some of your exercises really allowed me to kind of see and shift and really understand what that looked like in the 3D world. Can you tell us how do you define owning your voice? Mm. I think it's when you have complete confidence and a sense of security in yourself and in how you express yourself. And when you don't feel like you have anything to prove, I think that's a big one. You know, when you really feel like you are speaking from the heart and you're not doing it to convince somebody and you're not doing it because there's this wound of, of the need for approval or, you know, or praise, like you really feel that in that centered place of this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. And it, it flows, you know, when you're, when you're not owning your voice, that's when it, it doesn't feel comfortable and it doesn't feel right in your body. So when you are owning your voice, it's when you actually take enjoyment in what you're creating and what, what you're putting out there. Even if you might have writer's block one day, or you might not really know how to word something, but the overall process of spreading your message and, and speaking out and communicating to others is one that is more joyful most of the time than full of struggle and strife. I think that's, that's when you're owning your voice. And it's interesting because even the word spelling, I mean, it comes from the verb to spell, which is to conjure, right? The way we think about like casting a spell. So your words really do have that sense of power because you are quite literally spelling with what you're doing. So when you have fun with it and when it feels good to you, that's when you know you're really, you're owning your voice. 100%. I love that. 
And can you tell us about where people can start to own their voice? Like what's like the top three things that they can start to do today to really start owning that? Well, the first is I think a discovery process. So definitely the journaling will help you uncover things that you didn't even necessarily know about yourself. And I actually have two other journal prompts that I can share aside from the one I shared earlier. Um, So the one I shared earlier was, what pisses you off about your industry, all right? Or what common misconceptions get under your skin? But the other things that you can start to do are, the first one is, you know, how did your personal life experience lead you here? Because, you know, chances are you didn't come out of the womb doing whatever you're doing. So like, what was that journey that brought you to where you are now? And the second one is, you know, is there, or the third one rather, is there a roadblock an issue or a situation that you wish your ideal client understood more clearly. So it might be something that comes up often and you feel like, man, if people just understood this, that, you know, that, that would make things would just be better for them. Right. You know, what is that? So that would, that's the first thing I think to owning your voice is to start uncovering those things. Um, The second thing is to like, really just lean into what you like. And, and not feel like you, you need to sound a certain way or the writing needs to be a certain way, you know, think about how you naturally communicate in conversation. And if, you know, you're reading something that you're writing for your business and it doesn't sound like something you would, you know, put into a text message or actually communicate to somebody, that's when you have a disconnect. So a lot of times I'll read somebody's website or their social media content. And then I'll talk to them in person. And I'm like, whoa, like everything you're telling me is like, none of that is out here on your website or on your social media. Right. It's like, and I think that that's where people struggle, where they feel like, well, I just need clients to meet me and understand me to really get the magic of what I'm doing. But there's a way that we can do that up front If, if your website and your content and all of that is really owning, owning your voice. So notice any patterns that you have where you feel like you're one way kind of behind closed doors or in, in closer proximity versus how you're presenting to the outer world. And if it feels like there's any pressure there, that's the second thing. And then I, uh, a third thing you can do is start to notice if there are any phrases or things that you tend to say a lot or that you resonate with a lot, because that kind of becomes part of your unique vocabulary. So it might be things that you really enjoy that are just personal to you. It could be a television show or a book series or an artist or a you know song, like just things that you like and start to bring that into what you do. Start to tell stories more in what you're creating because I think there's this misconception out there that like on social media, you know, we have to provide value, 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 value. Like every piece of content out that you're putting out has to be value focused. And that usually translates for people into like, well, I'm going to teach them something, right? Like I'm going to provide a tip or I'm going to provide a trick and that's fine. But value can also just be making somebody else feel seen. You know, value can be humor. Value can be relatability. Value can be making somebody else feel less alone. So to own your voice, start thinking about your kind of catchphrases, the things that you're interested in, share those things. If that's scary, then I always recommend starting the stories on Instagram because that disappears. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. It'll go away. But really lean into who you are and don't be afraid because more often than not, 
you will get a better response than you imagined um, when you do that and when you start really sharing because people will bond with you over those things and just being relatable and being you, which as cliche as it sounds, um, see where can you be a little more you in your writing, you know, in an email, like where can you share a little more detail? Or if you are going to create a video for social, where can you give a little context about yourself or something that you've experienced and how can you allow people to know you more? Because I guarantee you that it'll, it'll help in your writing and in your expression. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's the whole point that humans express period. It's to be understood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you. I, I just love that I had this opportunity to talk about things that I'm, I'm passionate about and, and you guys have this space and I, I love the podcast. And so I'm, it's just an honor to be here. Thank you. Emily, can you tell us about any workshops, um, what your offerings are, where can people find you? Yes. So you can find me on my website, emilydearmas.com and on Instagram and LinkedIn. It's all the same name. Um, it is a confusing last name, but now that Ana de Armas is popular out there in the zeitgeist, I feel like I'm like, look, <laughs> that's spelling. That's how you say it. <laughs> so you can find me there. Um, I'd love for you to join my, my email list. So I invite everyone, if you're interested to join my email list, that's where I update on workshops and things that I have going on. And when you join, you get a freebie that's, um, 58 shiny hooks. And so it'll give you some inspiration on different ways that you can start your writing off. So it's great if you do suffer from um, writer's block or you're not quite sure what to say, it'll give you some ideas of how you can connect with people and do all the copywriter things that, that we should do in our business. It's good stuff. Well, thank you so much again, Emily, for coming and giving us a little bit of insight into your world and how we can improve our content and move forward in our businesses. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening in on today's episode with Emily de Armas about transforming your business by owning your own voice. We are so excited to bring you another episode next week. Tune in. And meanwhile, please drop us a five-star drop an emoji, give us a heart, give us something that tells us how you felt about this episode um, so that others may find us as well. We love you all and can't wait to share more yumminess in our next episode. <laughs>